Welcome to the EXO Marriage Podcast, brought to you by Marriage Today. Hey, this podcast is an inside look at all things EXO and is dedicated to helping you thrive in life and in love. Hello, everyone. I am Brent Evans, president of Marriage Today and founder of EXO Marriage. The Christmas season is upon us. I love this time of year, and I get together with my family, and we watch our favorite Christmas movies, Home Alone, Elf, all those, and I personally watch my favorite Christmas movie every year by myself, Die Hard. So it's a good time of year to enjoy all things Christmas, but we have a special episode coming up of the EXO podcast. During one of our recent EXO events, I sat down with Stephen and Celeste Wilson. You may not know Stephen and Celeste, but they are the founders of G3 Prison Ministries, and this is a ministry that Marriage Today partners with. We discussed Stephen's incredible story about how he was in prison, was released, and then started G3 to go back inside the prison to help inmates overcome their struggles and to find a relationship with Christ, but also to build a stronger marriage. And now as Christmas is approaching, we want to remember that thinking about others and all that they are going through is so important. So let's listen in to my conversation with Stephen and Celeste. Hey, everybody. This is the EXO Podcast. We are in Austin, Texas. We're doing our last EXO Conference of the year here in Austin, Texas. We're excited. This is our seventh conference we've done. We've been all around the country. We're here at Celebration Church. Uh, We're just north of Austin in Georgetown. We're having a really good time. But we have a great podcast for you. This, This episode is going to talk about something you might not hear about a lot, and that is about marriages that affect prisoners. So we have a population that is um, incarcerated and they live behind big walls and they don't get to have access to their spouses all the time. And we've got a great couple here. We do have both husband and wife from G3 Prison Ministries, Stephen and Celeste Wilson. Welcome guys to the podcast. Thank you for having us. So you guys are, um, y'all are doing great work, first of all. And I know that we're going to dive into the backstory, how you got into the, to the work of prison ministry. From knowing firsthand the, um, the work that you're doing, it's a lot of hard work because you have to go into the units and visit with prisoners and inmates and, and really pouring into their lives. And the whole system, the whole prison system and, and the, and the uh, wardens and, and the state and all the things you have to do to make your ministry work it really is um, a selfless effort on y'all's part. So what, what I want to do for our audience is just briefly give them um, a little bit of a backstory of G3 Prison Ministries. Who are you guys? How'd you start it? And what is the mission of G3 Prison Ministries? Okay. We've been doing prison ministry. It'll be 11 years this January. We started just she and I, um, just actually a year after we'd gotten married. I'm an ex-offender, so I'd been inside the walls on the other side. I have a number I know what it's like to use to wear white and go through those things. And honestly, Brent, the first day I walked into prison as an offender, my heart just went out to those men. Mm-hmm. Just the pain they were going through, the depression that I saw just in that dark place. And all of them just seemed to be hurting for their families, for their kids, and for their wives. And I immediately just started thinking, Lord, how can we meet this need? You know, and let them come out with a new testimony in Christ and how Christ has really transformed their families. Mm-hmm. So that's, that was my vision, and that's where my heart came from to start the ministry. I'd gone through a divorce prior to my incarceration, and so I, I had a broken home myself. So while I was incarcerated, you know, I, I didn't have a wife walking with me. I didn't get to see my children, or my sons didn't get to come for visits and things like that, and it just broke my heart. Mm. I know what it's like just to lay there in your prison bunk and just to cry over your kids 
because you're in prison because of the decisions you made, but you're missing their soccer games. Mm-hmm. You know, you're missing those PTA concerts, the things that we just laid there inside as offenders, just pouring out our hearts to God and, and just saying, you know, change me because I don't want to come back. Mm-hmm. I don't want to go through this again. Mm-hmm. I want to get out and become that dad and that husband that you've called me to be and really just pour into our families. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, you have time. You have so mm-hmm. much time just to think about life and all the things you're missing. So once you get back to your family, you're hoping that you can be the father, the husband that you're supposed to be. But mm-hmm. oftentimes you don't have the, the skills to do that. And so when, when you got back, how did you take that first step towards making a decision towards ministry? Coming out of prison is, is very different for everybody. It, it's tough in a lot of ways, getting back acclimated to things around you. Um, just missing all the technology changes while you're inside is sure. huge. Um, so it took me a couple of years, really, to get back on my feet. But as soon as I got out of the walls, I started trying to find places to serve mm. and started finding churches that I could serve in, you know, as an ex-offender that would love me and help me grow to become that man that I knew Christ was calling me to be. And so, how much resistance did you have with that label on you, being an ex-offender? How many people did you have to, how many doors did you have to knock on? <laughs> how many people did you have to talk to before you found, you know, a group that would say, hey, we want to love on you? Yes, there, was, there were several incidents that we went through. You know, of churches that said, no, um, <laughs> you know, we really don't know what to do. Mm-hmm. And, and it's more of a, a fear factor or just not knowing what to do with the guys when they get out. Mm-hmm. You know, and a lot of guys, when they get out, they feel like they have a scarlet letter on them, you know, and they're kind of shunned by society. But I always think about Jesus and what would Jesus do? Mm-hmm. You know, in Matthew 25, he tells us to go into the prisons and, and see them. And so different churches reacted differently. Sure. You know, it's just a reality out there. Mm-hmm. And like I said, I think a lot of that church, I want to say rejection, that's a bad word, but they just don't know how to reach out and minister to that demographic of people coming out of prison. Yeah, I don't know if it's a it's rejection. It's just you're not welcome. You know, mm-hmm. you know how when you're somebody's house and you don't feel welcome, um, I could I could totally see there being, and I've, and I've heard of churches not being sympathetic, whether it's just not their foray, they don't have the ability to minister, it takes a certain type of pastor and a certain mm-hmm. staff to really understand how to get somebody into a program uh, and lead them and disciple them through. And so, yeah, I know, I know it's not on purpose a lot of times with churches, but I just know that that's a real thing. Yes, it is. Now, I was fortunate when I got out that I had a family that I could move in with, so housing was not an issue. But jobs, finding jobs. I went several interviews, you know, and then as soon as they saw that I'd checked the box— you know, then they rejected me, mm-hmm. even though I had the qualifications. They said, no, because of your past. So I really wanted to look for a church that didn't care about my past. Mm. You know, that was really more worried about where I am today and where I'm going in the future. Sure. Celeste, how did you meet Stephen? I met him through church. We laughed because we were the only two single people in our Sunday school class. So he says, I didn't have a chance. <laughs> but um, but my, uh, we joined the church that he was members of before, um, well, while he was in. And so me and my family went with friends there. Right when he got out, I guess, then um, my husband was diagnosed with cancer. Mm. And so he passed away and he was in our, he was in our Sunday school class. <laughs> and so then it just kind of, it was just one of those things that you just kind of knew. Mm-hmm. I'm not one of those that does the normal thing. Mm. I do the 
different. Mm-hmm. I don't want to do the same thing everybody else is doing. Sure. So for me, in my mind, you know, that was a no-brainer. And I'm also, a, I go for the underdog. So sure. I tell people all the time when they say, oh, you go into the prison? You know, aren't you scared? No, I'm more scared walking in my park than I am in the prison. Mm-hmm. But, you know, they... I just don't see. I just don't see how you go in there, and I just don't see how you talk to those people and how you can hang around with those people. And I and I tell them the only difference between them and you is you didn't get caught. <laughs> <laughs> and so I said, you know, if you want me to advertise your sin, <laughs> I'm more than happy to do so. Yeah, and I think people have misconceptions about what actually looks mm. it looks like inside. Too many movies, too many TV shows. Um, you know, if you watch the whole series Prison Break, you're going to get a bad sort of idea of what the prison system's like. However, I do know that there's maximum security prisons that do have some bad dudes in there, mm-hmm. but those are typically not the ones that you get, you know, a lot, a lot of time with. So you met, you fell in love, you got married, and then you, you said you've been doing the prison ministry for 11 years, but what was the inception of that? Where, where was the first opportunity to go inside and, and to minister to what really attracted me to Celeste when we first started dating was her heart for missions and evangelism. Mm. And so we discussed that um, as an ex-offender coming out before I wanted to start dating her. I wanted to be very open and transparent about my background and things in my past. So we spent the first several days or week or so actually just on the phone, just talking, you know, and sharing our testimonies with each other about what God's doing in our lives and where we see that in the future. And I loved the way she said she'd always felt like she was called to the missions. Mm. But she didn't really want to go to a third world country, you know, and rough it out there in the middle of (laughs) wherever. And so um, I told her, you know, it's easy to do missions. We don't have to go overseas and like that. We can go across the street to our neighbor, next door, down the street, wherever we are. And prison ministry, that prison was my mission field. And so um, I love the fact that she challenged me and really pushed me towards that. We got married and we'd been married just two or three months. And she was very adamant about, okay, you told me God's called you to this. When are we going to do it? Mm-hmm. You know, get after it. And so I said, okay, let's get started. It's time. And so we went to training together, actually. And I took her back to do our first training with the state at the unit where I was incarcerated. Because I wanted my ministry to start where God had first called me to prisons. I wanted to begin our ministry there. That unit was where I was baptized where I was a part of the chaplaincy program there at that unit. So I really wanted to begin our ministry there at that unit. And I had a close relationship with the chaplain still from when I had been incarcerated there. Mm -hmm. So we just called him up one day, basically. And I just said, okay, chaplain, I'm ready to start my ministry. Can we start at your unit? Mm -hmm. So he said, yes, come on. You know, what are you going to do? And then we're like, okay, well, what are we going to (laughs) do? You know, but um, Celeste has a beautiful voice. Um, she sings on our praise and worship team and always been in choir. And so we said, okay, let's go, let you sing, you know, and then I'll bring a word and testimony and scripture afterwards. So that's why we started that first unit, the unit I was incarcerated in. We went back to, kicked it off there. She sang a few songs and I kind of did the doo-wahs behind her, you know. (laughs) (laughs) Did you have a tambourine? No, no, I did not take the tambourine in, no. Um, but we did that, and then I got up and shared a testimony and just encouraged those men there. Mm-hmm. And when we walked out, we said, this is it, God. Take us from here, and let's go with it. Mm-hmm. And we did that for a couple of years, just going into different prisons here in the state, just doing that together. And then we started taking friends with us. We said, you know, we don't need to have all this fun by ourselves. Let's start taking friends with us. So other friends of ours that 
Maybe they knew somebody that was incarcerated or dealt with the prison population some way. Because, you know, statistics say a third of the population is dealing with incarceration. Mm -hmm. So we thought, you know, a lot of our friends have, you know, cousins that are incarcerated or an uncle or maybe a brother. You know, let's get them joining the ministry and going in with us. Mm -hmm. So we started taking in different couples like that with us to that same unit. And we'd let them get up and share a testimony or read scripture. And every time we left it, the unit, they were just like, okay, when are we coming back? You know, can we do this all the time? Can we do this next week? You know, when can you get a schedule in? Because it was just open their heart to a different demographic that they weren't used to really ministering to, but it just showed them the need for outreach and getting out of the pew of their church and getting out and serving. Mm -hmm. Where did the name G3 come from? The G3 started very early. We um, we joke about it because it was it started out one way, and I kind of twisted it a little. Celeste actually came up <laughs> with the name herself. Um, and it was initially it was called Grafted by God's Grace. And we just really talked about how we're grafted into the family of God by His grace. And um, when I went to seminary, uh, I started changing it. I was working on my master's degree and studying discipleship. Um, I got my master's degree from Liberty University. Mm -hmm. And um, while I was studying discipleship, I started thinking about just the process of discipleship. And that was my heart when I was inside. I would see ministries come to the prisons and come do, you know, a weekend thing or a one-night deal, but then we never saw them again. You know, we never got to develop that relationship with us, and they never really got to disciple us or really teach us how to walk this walk they were telling us about. So practically, what does that look like? Because I know some of the ministries you're talking about that come in, they do big services and they go out, and does it, does it create an energy that just evaporates almost instantly, so the guys are kind of going back to, we need something in our lives that's giving us purpose, or does that last mm -hmm. long enough? You know what I'm saying? What, what yes. does that practically look like? I like to describe it kind of as the old youth camp high. Mm -hmm. You know, you go to camp for a week, you come home for a week, and you're very excited, but then all of a sudden, you start doing life, things get going on, and it just falls back. Mm -hmm. And that's kind of the way it was in the prison. So I wanted our ministry to be different, where we were actually going in and discipling those men. So G3 actually stands for giving, growing, and guiding. Mm, it's good. It's a three-step discipleship process. So um, we want to teach guys how to give the love of Christ. We want to show them how to grow to become like Christ and guide them on leading others to Christ. Mm. And so that's where it came from. And we actually also use that for our volunteers. We have three levels of volunteers that come in and serve with us. Um, levels one is the giving one. Give and serve those men and work with them and just love on them. If they want to move and start doing more, then we move them to the next level, the grow level. So then they start coming in on a weekly basis and really teaching those men and helping disciple them. Then the last level is guiding, and that's guiding and mentoring. Our volunteers can come in and mentor a man one-on-one -on -one and sit down with him and really mentor him about his reentry program and what he's going to do when he gets out. Mm. It's good. We're doing the EXO conference this weekend in Austin, and I need Stephen to, uh, he's going to be talking about the prison ministry to all the audience, and uh, his voice is going out. Don't lose it. I'm good, I'm good. Just more water. Water and coffee will be okay. Okay, so we, we got connected because of marriage, and I know Marriage of the Rock, my dad did Marriage of the Rock 25 years ago. He developed it, and it's been used by hundreds of thousands of couples, and churches use it all over the country, uh, and you took it into prisons uh, because men need to figure out what went wrong before they got inside and how to get back on track once they get out of 
um, uh, prison. So talk about the program that you all have for marriages, and including the EXO Conference that you all are doing. Talk about that for a while. When we started our ministry in 08, we started very simple, like I was talking about, and did different things through the years. But in 2014, I heard your dad speak at the Gateway Conference. Okay, and he, he spoke a very good sermon that really just touched my life. And it was really about how as Christians, um, we're built for war. To really go in those dark places mm-hmm. and, and fight and be the light in those places and get those people out of those dark places so they can thrive where God's called them. And it really hit me about what we're doing and how are we doing that and how are we really discipling these men and preparing them for getting out. And that's when it hit me, marriage and parenting. Mm. You know, if we can, while we have them, if we can give them those tools they need, they just have a greater potential for success once they leave prison. Mm -hmm. And it was a very simple tool for me to use marriage on the rock material. So we started going in and doing marriage on the rock. And it's it's kind of funny how we started. We we started out in a women's unit first because we were going to go in and do just a regular marriage conference just on our own, you know, and us lead it. And we were talking to some of the female offenders about it, and they said, you know what, we, there's not very many of us that are married because we've gone through broken homes and divorces, but we really want to become that wife God's called us to be. Can you teach us how to be that wife? And so we thought, okay, let's use marriage on the rock. But what we thought is a lot of these girls, because they said that, they've never seen it modeled. Mm. You know, they'd never seen a healthy, strong marriage. So what we did was we developed a little funny program that we called Take a Pastor to Prison Project, okay? So what we started doing was we started Marriage on the Rock, and we'd do week one of Marriage on the Rock. Then the next week, we would take a pastor and his wife in from a local church in our community and just let them share with the ladies what their marriage looked like and just model it Mm -hmm. to them. So powerful. Yeah, then we'd do the second week of Marriage on the Rock and take in a different pastor, and we did that through the whole first series, and it just blew the ladies away. Mm -hmm. We heard so many comments about um, a pastor and his wife. You know, they would say, you know, I had a senior adult type pastor that never showed affection towards his wife. And so they loved seeing a younger pastor, you know, holding his wife's hand or putting his arm around her or flirting with her. Mm-hmm. You know, they, they'd never seen those kind of things, you know, in their parents or in the marriages they had seen. And so it just opened up doors. We said, okay, this is, this is working. <laughs> you know, we started seeing those lives changed. And not only that, the Marriage on the Rock material goes through so many in-depth things, you know, where it even talks about your past, and it talks about in-laws, it talks about your parents, wounds from your past, talks about finances, talks about blended families. Marriage on the Rock material just hit every component that those ladies were really needing to know to become that wife that they were really wanting to become. Mm -hmm. And so we thought, okay, well, we've got them here, and we have a captive audience that everybody jokes about. Let's give them all the tools they need. Boy, to do seen. you. You can, uh-huh. you can do pretty much whatever mm-hmm. routine you want up there, and they're going to love it. They mm-hmm. can't go anywhere either. No. no, they love it. But So we started doing that, and they loved Marriage on the Rock so much. We said, okay, now let's expand it to the men's unit. Well, we learned when we went to the men's unit, more of them were married than in the female unit. Mm-hmm. So um, we started. That, so let's just go stop there for a minute because it still blows my mind that somebody would stick with a spouse once they got arrested. And then it always blows my mind, too, that people get married while they're incarcerated. So they'll, they'll meet somebody that's on the outside, and they'll get married, and they don't have a traditional falling-in-love moment 
like most people do, it's it's done through this mechanism of the you know the system that's put mm-hmm. in place. And so, explain to everyone listening really the, the the nuts and bolts of how people have relationships before, during, and after prison, and why do spouses stick around? Yeah, that's a good one. You want to answer, Celeste? Well, I can't answer, but we've had this conversation before in the car because I told him, I said, I know that I'm supposed to stay married till death do you part, but I don't think that I could, I don't think I could do that. And I tell the ladies a lot too when I'm in there, I'm like, tell the husbands, you've got a really good wife here, a great wife. If she's going to stick with you through this, then you better treat her well. Yeah. And uh, Mm -hmm. because I I don't think I could do it. I, I I don't think that, you know, I'm probably the only guy that, would, if I was incarcerated, would think that my wife would be o- open on the market too. I mean, guys would be flirting yeah. with her, mm-hmm. and she would be mm-hmm. tempted, and you can't do anything about it. You're you're stuck inside the prisons, and so the the sense of intimacy, trust, all of that, it just shocks me how many people stick with their spouse whenever they get arrested, and they're in, and sometimes for 15, 20 years plus, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. you're stealing so much time away from that relationship, it almost seems like it died for that mm-hmm. period of time. But you're saying you're saying you're seeing more and more couples not just making it through, but actually getting better through that process. And so real quick, let's just go through you guys right now are taking Marriage on the Rock into prisons, doing the Marriage on the Rock series. And at the end, you're actually bringing spouses in and doing an exo conference within that. So talk about this year, 2018, uh, what's happened with that program. 2018, um, so far we've done five EXO conferences inside. We still have two more to go, one in November and one in December. And uh, we've just seen lots of miracles inside, just marriages being healed. Uh, what we do is we bring the wives in for the day. And like I said, there's a lot of background stuff that we have to do going in and a lot of logistical things that we have to take care of to do these inside. But we bring the wives in for all day Saturday. Okay, and we take in volunteer groups with us to come in and serve. So we bring in local churches that want to come in and serve and, and be a part of that to, to help out. And we go in and we show the exact EXO conference that you guys did back mm-hmm. in February. Mm-hmm. We take that in and we do six sessions through that. And what we do is we stop in between the sessions and have breaks. You and Celeste moderate it and you, you guys do mm-hmm. kind of fill in the gaps. Yes, we emcee it mm-hmm. and, and fill in the gaps. Now we do some special things that aren't normally done in the EXO. Like after session one, well, actually during Marriage on the Rock, we teach those men how to pray over their wives, how to bless their wives, how to speak life over their wives. So great. So after session one inside, we stop and we have the guys spend just, we put some worship music on and have some quiet time. And we have all these men sit down and pray over their wives. And that's a very emotional time. Because for most of them, it's the first time they've ever sat down and prayed over their wife and spoke those words of life over their marriage mm-hmm. and really lifted up their marriage to God and asked Him to take it to a new level. Mm-hmm. And uh, we just love seeing the tears. They're just pouring down the wife's face as their husbands just sit there and pour out their hearts to God and just thank God for them. Mm-hmm. Um, and we also do a renewing of the vows during the day too, just like y'all do here. But what we do prior to it is I have the guys write new vows to their wives and present those to their wives at the conference. Yeah, that's great. So, <laughs> that's a good idea. So when your dad gets to the part of the renewing the vows part, we actually hit pause on the DVD 
and I tell the guys, basically, now, guys, it's your turn. Y'all know what's up next. You should mention that tomorrow. That's pretty good. Okay. That's that's a pretty good. Um, that, that lets, I think, people know, especially people listening, that it's not just sitting back watching a video. These guys are participating in a way that they are thinking through mm-hmm. their words. They're mm-hmm. thinking through what that relationship means to them. And for a wife, I just know that her hearing her husband say something that's in his mind, on his heart, I mean, that's that's gold for her. Mm-hmm. Yes, it really is. And, and the guys surprise their wives with this. They don't know it's coming. Mm. They don't know their husband's been preparing this. You know, and we'll have guys get down on a knee or just take them by the hand or just hold them close and recite their vows to them. And there's no conjugals. We talked about right. this. There's not. Not they're, at all. They're doing it because there's no payoff. They can just... <laughs> all, <laughs> so yeah, well, what exactly. I want to do is, uh, for our audience, how do they connect with your ministry? And also, I, I would encourage everyone out there listening, uh, if you're... If you're on the sidelines and you're looking to get involved, uh, you want to participate because I feel the same way. I mean, it says, you know, you fed me whenever I was hungry. You clothed me whenever I was, you know, without clothes. You visited me in prison. Most people, they don't ever take that time to go. It it does scare them a little bit, Mm -hmm, I think, mm -hmm, to think about going mm -hmm. to a prison. But you can, if you're a believer out there and uh, and you have a a heart to be Christ-like to those who really have nothing to give back. You know, it's like mm-hmm. widows and orphans. You do something for a widow and orphan, they have nothing to give you back. Prison is the same way. If you go inside a prison and you do ministry there, it's a, it's a one-way thing. They're not going to be able to, you know, pass the bucket and give you something. You're just pouring into people, and it's such a act of selfless act of, of, of love and ministry. And so there may be some people out there that want to volunteer and, and, and want mm-hmm. to be part of your team. So give them everything they need. Maybe Celeste should... Speak a little bit more because <laughs> Stephen Stephen's voice needs to be uh, saved for tomorrow. Saved for tomorrow, I can talk tomorrow too. The best way to get a hold of us is email us, and they can email info at g three pm dot org. Info at g three pm dot org. 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 Yes. Okay. Good. That's yeah. That's the best way, and they can you can just say what you're interested in or what you want and. And, and obviously your website's the same URL, g3pm.org? Yes. Okay. Uh-huh. And uh, I would encourage you, if you have a heart and passion for prison ministry, um, especially those listening who uh, are passionate about marriages as well, uh, they are a 501c3. They have a nonprofit. So if you want to give to a good cause, I would encourage you to go to their website and make a donation, but also to uh, consider volunteering. Good. This has been fun. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Thank you. I, I know this is rudimentary for you guys. You live and breathe it all the time. But for a lot of us listening out there, they have really no awareness of what actually happens within prisons. And um, I think it, it'll it make somebody's heart happy to know that mm-hmm. when people come out of prisons, there's an opportunity for them to be better than when they went in, especially related to marriage and building a healthy family because we do not want children to see their parents go through divorce. Right. Mm-hmm. Thanks and, so much. And we don't have an age limit either volunteers going in. They have to be 18. Okay. But I mean, I took my 80-year-old aunt in with me, so she went and volunteered. She had a blast. (laughs) From 18 to 80, you're welcome to join. All right, everybody, this is the EXO Podcast. We uh, we love talking to you every so often. I know we were doing these weekly, but we're doing these about monthly now, and and, uh, we're we're enjoying talking to you about marriage and everything that's going on in Marriage Today at EXO Conferences and, and all the guests and people that are part of the programs. We're just so encouraged by what's happening out there, and we hope that it encourages you as well. See you next time. Thanks so much for listening. Subscribe 
Tell your friends about it. See you next time.